Hello and welcome to another Money Grid Grindstone podcast. I'm Morgan Barnard and with me today is Managing Director of Mobonomics, Mark Action. While doing some background research on your business, I read one of your central beliefs, which says, and I quote, Traditionally, an operating system is considered to be a piece of software that manages computer hardware and software resources. At Mobionics, we believe that operating systems exist beyond computers and mobile phones. What exactly does this mean? Our background is developing what we call operational support systems in telecom operators. And um, while we've been doing that work, we've realized that effectively what those systems do is exactly the same as what a computer does on a, or what an operating system does on a computer. Um, on a computer, an operating system manages all of the hardware and software resources. Uh, as you know, you sort of fire up your internet browser and it's not going to fire up unless there's an uh, operating system uh, in the background. Um, it's just really a, a, a pile of, of metal that you've got, the computer itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, in a telco, um, the computer is the equivalent of the network and uh, the hardware. And without the operating system, or what we, what, what's traditionally called in the industry is operational support systems, it's actually only a network that's lying out there that's only silicon and steel. Without the operational support system, which actually brings it to life and connects customers onto the network, um, it, it really it, it, so so effectively the the operating system is a concept that can be extended way beyond computers and mobile phones, uh, into telcos, into cities, and even into small organisations. If you look at it conceptually, can we go back onto your mission statement and can you elaborate a bit about that? It's about contributing to the effective functioning of societies. And um, we have a long history of working in the telco environment, looking after these operational support systems. And effectively, um, you know, broadband has become such a, a key critical enabler to businesses, even private individuals, that um, it's almost become a critical infrastructure and you can't imagine societies effectively is actually functioning anymore without them. So there's a lot of focus on the moment on electricity. But uh, we believe that our sort of ICT infrastructure and the telco, telco infrastructure is um, also vital to the effective functioning of societies. And without that, we very quickly um, sort of realize how difficult it is to function anymore without these things. Let's draw up a practical example. MoneyWeb has a variety of apps for Android and even BlackBerry. One of the biggest challenges we face, though, is keeping these apps up to date with operating systems changing. Is this where you come in? To a certain degree, yes, but we're not in the um, sort of computer operating system game. Um, but if I can just talk uh, in, anal- in sort of analogy to a... Uh, a telco, one of the big faces they change, they, they confront, is continuously changing technology landscape. And one of the big factors has been building operational support systems, what we call, are now calling telco operating systems, that can adapt and absorb all the changes on the technology side, new network technologies, 
and not have to rewrite uh, the operating system every time. That the operating system becomes um, it sort of has the enough adaptability to actually absorb changes on the network, on what happens on the network, that to a large degree customers using the network doesn't affect their service delivery. So Telcom is one of your biggest clients. How does a relatively small business still in its startup phase get into a big corporate like that? My partner and I are ex-Telcom employees and um, while we were working there we gained significant, quite a significant experience in understanding their service delivery operations and understanding their operational support systems, so their operating system. And um, I guess it was a matter of being at the right place at the right time when they had a pain point. And uh, we initially were brought in to do a small consulting services contract where they needed us to do a design recovery on one of their critical operating systems. Uh, And that's how we got in. From there, we just focused on building trust and delivering on our promises. And um, we've sort of grown from strength to strength on that basis. The technology landscape is rapidly changing and it is often difficult to identify major trends until you are caught up in them. If you had to take a look into the future and give us some thoughts about where technology is heading, what do you think is the big trend likely to shape the tech sector? Okay, um, I think here my views are are, are quite different. I think that the tech sector has uh, been through an amazing transformation and over the last sort of 10 years. Um, and in my view, what I call the digital architecture has emerged. So um, broadband is relatively ubiquitous now in um, built-up urban areas. Um, there's, you know, social media has really established itself and people have, come to understand that, there's big data and all the traditional trends, but my sense is that it's now emerged and the next uh, um, trend is going to be a a shift in the way we think about technology, not necessarily some big new, uh, you know, technology that's going to arrive on the scene and fundamentally change things. Um, In the ICT space, uh, I think the next step in thinking it's got to be around um, how do we build better societies using all of these technologies that we've got. And I think that, again, leads back to our, our mission statement and what we're all about. Um, or rather, we prefer using the word our purpose. Um, I think that shift in thinking is going to be around seeing uh, societies as socio-technical ecosystems and um, that shift in view of how you actually look at how you look at the tech landscape um, is, is, is quite a profound one, and it's probably beyond the scope of this uh, interview. But uh, the, the, the main thing is, I think most technology thinking has been shaped by sort of Newtonian thinking, and going forward, uh, I think that kind of thinking reaches a um, reaches a, uh, a limit in terms of what we can do in a clever way. And I think it's now about changing, changing our thinking about technology is going to be the big trend. 
You seem to play in, in a niche space where, which is very different from consumer-facing businesses like Facebook or even Microsoft yeah. in a lot of ways. How do you judge success and what are your goals are you looking to hit over the next 12 months? So I think the first part is, you know, we, we, we're playing in the telecom operating system, operating system space and um, telco operating system space and there has been sort of recently a call by Gartner that um, these big organizations need to work in what they call bimodal mode and work with smaller partners because smaller partners can be more innovative and can think differently and can be more agile is the biggest word that they use. So, you know, I think one of our key goals is to uh, continue to try and break into a second client in the telco space within the next year or two. It's difficult work. It's not easy. But that's on the, but on the base, and, you know, I think it leads back to your earlier question of being a relatively small business. So how do we break into the MTNs and the, tel and the Vodacoms and the Celsius? I think it's around their recognition that they've got to work with smaller partners to do interesting stuff. Uh, then, secondly, you know, in terms of diversifying beyond um, telco, we are part of the Grindstone program, and um, I think a big part of that for us is helping us with the decisions as to what our goals should be over the next 12 months uh, in terms of going beyond telcos and into potentially cities, uh, helping smaller businesses, but bringing the ideas that have sort of been groomed inside telcos quietly in the background, sort of more to the forefront in other areas. And we don't necessarily have any specific goals for that in the next 12 months, but hopefully in the next few months that will become more clear. Well, I just want to lastly add, um, what tips do you have for entrepreneurs starting up? I think there's a lot of, um, in the media about, you know, entrepreneurship being the, the way forward. Um, I, 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 it, it's, it's not easy. It requires taking some big risks. And I think really it's just having faith in the fact that if you take, if, if as an entrepreneur, it's going to be necessary to take risks and really just understanding the nature of risks that are taken. That's the most fundamental thing. I think a lot of people are blocked from becoming entrepreneurs just by sort of fear of the unknown. It's much easier to go and get a job somewhere. Um, so, yeah, be brave and just do what you think needs to be done. That would be my recommendation. That was Mark Acton, Managing Director of Mobile Numics.